0: Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in. Welcome all. Welcome all. You are here. You've landed then the newest episode that is offered right now of Figuring It Out with Josh and Pat. Absolutely. So it's
1: exciting. We're here. We are doing exactly what we've never done before, which is figure out the topic about 30 seconds before we get on here. Just because we wanted to add a little zest and excitement to our life it was been a crazy week for the both of us. So we're just having a little bit of fun doing a last minute topic. Um, and I'm excited to kind of do it and just see where this rolls, man. So. Yeah,
0: this is we're, we're very good at being organic. You know, we never want this to seem staged or fake. And uh, that's the reason we'll, we'll go with as to why we decide the topic um, as we're hitting the record button
1: absolutely and i think it's um that's why we're always honest about how we come up with the topics too because i do want it to be an organic show to be honest you know i don't i don't want it to be like some sort of uh you know staged production production like josh said and it's fun you can always bet you're gonna get the uh you always bet you're gonna get honesty right from us uh even if it's deadly um but i'm excited for it and just as kind of a for some of our listeners so i know we've been doing these weekly um josh and i've been talking and what we're probably gonna end up doing within the next few weeks just so we can really bring some really good solid content and we're gonna start making this more of like episode based as far as seasons uh meaning we'll do so many seasons you know episodes in a season and then we'll kind of take a few weeks off so we can really develop some new content and then kind of do the same rhythm uh that way we're not doing it every week and kind of you know running out of topics for one but two just to give you guys a break from listening to my sexy voice um you know so that's kind of just as a heads up that'll be coming in the next few weeks that'll kind of be the rhythm we're going to go so let's i think we
0: jump right in let's do it and what we're going to talk about today um is something that i am a total nerd for and that is I'm not book reading and you're not <laughs> it's <laughs> book reading and um we can go a lot of different ways with this and i want to do exactly that so my first question to you is when we talk about books it, it sounds like your initial reaction is bull is that right
1: yeah. uh it used to be i would say within the last like year not so much uh-huh. uh but i was always the kid growing up that if you like mentioned like you have to do a reading assignment i was like i will do anything but give me let me write a paper let me do this but i do not want to read a book i will fall asleep at about 30 seconds flat if you make me read a book
0: is that in fact, that was what time?
1: I did as a kid. Like there was nights that I couldn't fall asleep. I would just read a book and I was like out in like 30 seconds. Because I'm like, no, nope, I'm not doing that. I'd rather sleep than read a book.
0: Why? What What were the books just think? What do you think? I
1: always, even even when it was books that were like pleasure books, you know, I just always, it always felt like a school task for me. And I just did okay. not want to do that. It felt like work. And I was like, I don't want to do it. I want to do what I want to do. And I want to have fun. Yeah. And reading is not
0: fun. Yeah. I mean, I can totally get that because I feel like, um As the world gets faster and faster, reading is not that. Reading is not fast-paced. It's like you go well, at the speed of your reading pace, and you have to kind of carve out the time and the space in your brain to kind of illustrate what's happening, right? Like you, you can't just passively read. You have to like be engaged. Actively, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. You're actively reading, yeah. And a part of it, probably, I'm sure, stints from the fact that I was just not a strong reader as a kid. That just wasn't a skill set that I developed. So. Yeah. We all naturally tend to shy away from things that we're not good at. So yeah. I'm sure that was part of it.
0: Well, I mean, I'll tell you what, if anything else, it's it's. I think we finally reached a point where we're not exactly in the same lockstep on a topic because um, I was obsessed with reading as a kid. Like that's some of my fondest memories. Um, again, I'm a nerd. I don't know if you all have listened to the 90s bring back that we did. If not, uh, give it a listen. But one of the ones that I fought the strongest for um, was the scholastic book fair? Yes,
1: you did. He thought he fought tooth and nail for that one, but it just, it just did not make it.
0: And that's part of it, man. It was, it was so fun. I don't know if you ever even heard of this, but um, we're talking Zanesville here Zanesville, Ohio. Oh, man. Zanesville, education. But the Muskingum County Library, every summer for kids, they had the reading <laughs> summer program. Oh yeah. I've heard, I heard about it. Like oh. I was forced to do things like that. Uh forced dude. That was like the best part of summer. It was so fun. No.
1: Oh God. Like I told you anything to do with a book. I was like, as a kid, I was like, it.
0: Nope. It was so fun. And they would like fold, basically they folded a piece of fancy paper and they had lines printed on it and it would go like one through 20. And every book you read, you would just write it down to completely honor system. Like if, if you wanted to, you could just not like be truthful about any of it. Um, but I was like, I, I followed that honor man so seriously and I would write it down and then I would try to read more books than there were lines provided and try to just keep knocking it out and then at the end of the summer you would get like a grab bag with just random little prizes and stuff like that. Wow
1: but, so just as a side a random side note so while you were uh boring the audience with your scholastic book for no, I'm just kidding um I was doing some research because I was just curious and I did not realize this. Do you realize that according to the last the last study done in 2019, that 24% of American adults have not read a book, one book within the last year? Oh my God. Think about that. 24, almost a fourth of the grown U.S. adults have not read a book in the past year. Wow.
0: I believe it, man. I believe that's it. because crazy. That's what I was going to say is I, I was going to ask you how you felt about books as a kid. And then I was going to ask you if that's changed, and I think for you it has. For absolutely, for, for a proponent of reading, it sounds like you like it a heck of a lot more than you did when you were a kid. Absolutely but I, do. But I feel like some people are the opposite of that because um, I I still love reading. I will say that I'm not as um, I'm not as active with it as I used to be. Like before, I could just. Pick up any book, and then I would literally spend a whole day reading something. Whereas now I'm more easily distracted, which I think is, I think there's a lot of factors that lead to that. Um, but I can see why, I can see why, but I would not guess a fourth of yeah, God. that was like, a, and that course was back
1: in 2019. So I don't know if they've done a new 2020 study to determine that, but yeah, absolutely. I think I do think it's interesting how that works. I think not always, but I think a lot of times you do see people who like to read when they're kids but then kind of hate when they read reading an adult you know don't really read as much when they're as, adult, as adults but then the vice versa you get people like me who absolutely despise reading as a kid now i'm like oh hey like yeah i want to read all the books i can get um so just let me read and i think part of that is actually honestly kind of the i think it's the nature of the beast a little bit i think when you're reading when you're a kid it's like you're reading you are reading a lot more for enjoyment you're getting those nice stories you know you're reading your harry potters that is the one thing i did read as a kid. i read the entire harry potter series um, so yeah yeah But, you know, I think when you're a kid, um, you're reading a lot more for enjoyment versus not always. Obviously, there are some adult books that people read. People read adult books for enjoyment. But versus when you're an adult, it's more educational, I guess, um, in the sense that you're trying to use it for some other part of your life. So I think that's personally for me why I developed more as an adult is because I use the reading not as a, oh, I have to do this or I don't view it as like I'm doing it for pleasure. I'm doing this because it's a personal development tool for me. So being able to learn more about myself and things like that. So I think that's where you maybe see that shift. It's not as fun, so to speak, when you hit that adulthood.
0: I can see that. And I also think depending on where your journey is to this point, for folks that went through continued education and they're in college mm-hmm. and you have to do a, t- a lot more reading than you did before mm-hmm. going to college, um, then it there's this kind of Pavlov association where, okay, it's reading, is associated with stress and with test and with crunching and those sorts of things that when they get through college are like been there, done that, I don't want to read again for a while, Um, which I can understand that for me. And it's so sad. And honestly, um, because I know we actually have the same 2020 resolution. And I saw you posted on your Facebook that you finished your first book of the year. I did. I just did last night. So um, nice i got my first one checked off and i've got i got beating you <laughs> you're beating me you are beating <laughs> me. but i think <laughs> you finished yours on what sunday yeah i think so yeah i think okay. that's what day was well i have my book right my second book in front of me right now so i'm going to be reading it as you're talking tonight so i can oh, okay well good news is we're right halfway through my second book <laughs> um, uh, no but <laughs> yeah so that's
1: pretty a side note another thing i looked up did you know that the average american that does read reads or adult reads 12 books a year
0: that's pretty much what our goal is right
1: that's our goal was so i'm like right on i didn't know that but there you go
0: it's, it's a pretty sizable i think that's a pretty like obtainable goal 12. absolutely it's attainable one a month break it down by the month but um i feel like a, a lot of people now myself included i was reading um the other day and every fourth page i would just kind of like check my notifications on my phone and i'm like this is absolutely pathetic that I can't not just, I need to, and then when I put my phone away from me, that's what I've started doing. When I'm reading, I have my phone in the other room or whatnot, but I'm almost to the point, man, where I'm ready to get rid of social media again for a little bit and then just like retrain my brain to just like really focus on reading and just doing other stuff that's more productive than scrolling. But I think that's what it is for a lot of people. We don't, we're fish now, we're goldfish. We don't have the attention span to read collectively.
1: Yeah, and I think part of it too is I think in older generations, and I, when I say older, I don't mean like old people. I just mean like older generations before ours. Um, reading like books was how you got a lot of the information that you, yeah. you know, that you received was you would get books at the library or things like that, or even your newspaper. Now we read everything on a little thing screen in front of our face, so we're constantly taking in all this new information. So I think sometimes the the joy of reading or using reading to actually learn has kind of been lost a little bit through some of that as well. Yeah.
0: So, yeah I don't, it's kind of fun it's fun now yeah yeah so um yeah it's, it's i cannot believe a, a quarter of people have not read a book in the last year i just cannot
1: adults yeah i'm like whoa man
0: what is our world coming to so we're going to try our, our darndest tonight right here right now we are going to give you six books six, six. and Maybe it's been a minute. Maybe you're a little scared. Maybe you haven't you haven't talked to a book in a while, and it's, it's been a minute since you've held a book, and you're you're not quite sure um, how to read anymore, or you're like it's a big commitment. I kind of have commitment issues. <laughs> Whatever it is. Oh man, I, we're going to coach you through that. We're going to coach you through that tonight. So um, we we have searched far and wide. Uh, um, I think you have a bookcase at your place, right?
1: I do have a few books on my bookcase. Yes. Um, yeah, which I'm currently going through trying to determine which books I want to read this year as far as my 12 books are concerned. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have a couple of good ones on there though. A couple that I have already read over the years and I'm kind of excited. And I actually do have a couple of good books and I, I'll just, you know, kind of on that coach you through it. What I would say is coming from a person who absolutely hated reading, it's one of those things that if you're, if you're intimidated by it, or you're like, I just don't know if I have the time commitment, honestly, just, just do it, just pull the bandaid off and just do it. Um, I did that, and it was great. You know, I'm like, even if you're reading a couple of pages a day, or if you read a chapter a day. And I know we've kind of hit on this before. If that's a goal you want, it, it's it's a really small way in order to you know really kind of go towards some of your goals. You know, if you read even just a page, then you know, at some point you're going to finish that book. So do it, run through it. You'd be surprised. I was amazed at how quickly I picked up. On and the human brain always amazes me too. How quickly you like start to pick back up when you reading things, and you read much faster the more you read. Mm-hmm. So you're getting the books a lot easier. So it becomes a lot less intimidating um, to do that. So my challenge to you would be is if it's something you're thinking about doing, do it, it'll be worth it. You're going to love it. Find something that you either enjoy to do or find a book that you're passionate about the subject and you want to learn more about it. Do it that way. That's the nice part about books. You have about a billion different ways you could go.
0: Oh my God. <laughs> There's
1: like 1. Some billion books in the world, I think, published books. So. I believe it so my question for you though okay okay so i think we're doing the top three books right of each of ours yep. so my question for you is what are some honorable mentions that did not make your list
0: oh man you put me on the spot Whew. um so i will tell you uh definitely not recency bias um because i didn't <laughs> just finish this book less than 24 hours ago <laughs> uh no but i'll tell you man this book uh, is really incredible, and um, it's one that I would suggest to anyone that identifies as an introvert. Ooh, okay. So it's called Introvert Power, and I'm going to completely butcher her name, but her name is Laurie Helgo. Um, mm-hmm. And when we upload this tomorrow, we can we can list some of them, um, or we'll have it on our page at some point. But Introvert Power uh, kind of breaks down the the world of introvertism. And it just gives you, it gives you did fast pick up that word. I think I did. I think I did. I was going to go with it confidently, but uh, let that happen. Um, but uh, being an extrovert versus an introvert, kind of the stats, there are a lot more introverts than we think. Um, yeah. And it's actually around 50%, 50, 50. And uh, a lot of times as an introvert, you apologize for how you are and you try to Mold into expectations instead of just kind of being unapologetically an introvert, mm-hmm. being an introvert and kind of um, embracing some of the qualities that come with it. And this really challenges you to shift that mindset. Super empowering, very tangible. Um, I felt like I was reading a biography on myself. So if you consider yourself an introvert, <laughs> then this is definitely the book for you. So that's called Introvert Power. Um, that definitely would be one of them for me. Um, what, what would you say is one of yours? See, I don't
1: really know because I don't read a whole lot. So having one that's on my like honorable mention list. Uh, but I'm going to go a little bit um, old school here and I'm going to go like well, really elementary. And if you just never read them, go back and read them. My favorite probably series that I read uh, as a kid was a series of unfortunate events. So Ooh. go back, check those out. if you haven't, even if you're a I'm sure some of you have probably watched the uh, Netflix series at this point, but that would be one of my honorable mentions that didn't make my list. But that whole series was really fun and was actually one of the few like books I read a lot as a kid. So check them out. That'd make my list for sure. Probably with the Harry Potter's too. Those make my lists. Harry Potter's. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is so awesome what started oh, my love for oh, I'll tell you what, I'm honestly out of all the things I've ever read and seen, Harry Potter was the thing that most impressed me about it. it was not only the books, but it's probably the only movie where the movie matched very very closely to the books all of them and I was like super impressed with that I yeah. mean I'm talking yeah. down to some of the smallest details it was crazy so
0: definitely those are my
1: two honorable mentions
0: I have a confession though oh gosh I read the I forget how many unfortunate events they have chronicled but I, I think there was 13 I read like three of them and then I don't think <gasps> I after that oh <laughs> i'll reread that that'll I'll, that'll be something i do throughout this year they're just funny and they're funny books i mean
1: yeah they're just funny and obviously they're like children's books um you know so anyway oh there are 14 books sorry 14. I, lied. I was just googling it up 14
0: man oh man
1: i didn't realize there was 14 maybe i'm even behind
0: <laughs> that's crazy 14 <laughs>
1: all right so we're gonna start this up so josh tell us um in your oh so wise words what are what is your t- number three book? So we're we're gonna kind of do this in and and I'm gonna say these should probably be in like your best to worst order. So we're gonna start with like okay number three being like if you had three books in front of you and you had to pick like these are your top three. This would be the number three like least favorite book.
0: Oh man, this is my least favorite favorite book, right?
1: Correct. Yes, least favorite <laughs> favorite book. Now, y'all try to get that one when you're in your car listening.
0: <laughs> yeah, let's, uh, if you want to, just go ahead and pull off to the side of the road and write that one down and try to make sense. Least of Least favorite favorite book and try to make sense of that. And if you can make sense of it, you're a better person than I am. So, would you rather? Ha- would you rather? If you're an author, would you be more honored if you are someone's favorite least favorite book, or their least favorite favorite book? What would be more of? A- Wait,
1: okay, I got that. So, you're their least favorite favorite book, or what was the first one? I'm like their confused. Most favorite least favorite book. Most favorite these i have no idea you got me man i'm like totally gone right now but the answer is yes
0: okay i just wanted to be sure um so it's funny as i'm as i'm looking through my three books um i'm i it's it's funny that you're going in backwards order because my third one is completely uh unrelated because you know remember there's like that sesame street bit where it's like which one doesn't belong this one is the one that doesn't belong oh Um, but it's good. And so I'll tell you, it's a book called Handcrafted. And I usually don't read books like this. So to give you just a real quick rundown of this book, um, it's called Handcrafted, A Woodworker's Story. So already has no relation to me whatsoever. Um, And the guy that wrote it is Clint Harp. And um, that name may be resonating somewhere deep in your brain. He was the woodworking person for Chip and Joanna on Fixer Upper. So they were in a time crunch. They needed a a beautiful uh, farm table built for this house, or they needed a nice headboard or whatever. JoJo would go to her man, Clint. He would hook her up and then they'd have something for this family in their new house or whatever. So I got this book, Christmas 2019 from my parents, and they actually just saw it in a store. And they're like, Oh, yeah, like we we recognize this guy because we watched the show, so we thought you might like it. I was like, Whatever, Dude,
1: you like, buy his book, right? I mean, that's just right, natural.
0: right? So uh, we go on vacation right after that, and I was like, Yeah, I'll go ahead and like read this, like when we're on the beach. Dude, this book, it was the first book, and I don't even know how long it like grabbed me right away. And I'm like, What is mm. happening? This book is incredible. So basically, this guy. Um, he was in the corporate world, and I think he was doing medical sales, um, but it was just one of those jobs where he was making hella bank, but he was getting nothing in return from it, and oh, okay. he could feel his soul slowly draining, and he had a young family, um, recently married. They had their first kid. They were set up perfectly. like Financially, they had the, the comfy, cushy job, and he was good but it it didn't feel right. And he um, always was interested in woodworking, but he literally had no practice in it at all, none, but he had this calling to do it. And he jumped off the deep end and decided to give it a go and failed spectacularly. Like just one failure after another um, things didn't work out, but he just really stuck with it. And he and his wife grew closer because of it. Um, but through all the craziness, um, he stayed faithful and, and what he believed in. And then he got his big break when he met Chip and Joanna. So, um, and then now he's, he's doing really well again, cause he's got this recognition for what he does and stuff, but it's just a really cool story of, um, no matter how old you are, if you, if there's something that's kind of burning within you, um, and you've always wondered Maybe it's worth trying it and going out on a limb and um, putting yourself out there. And it's not going to be a linear path, but it's never too late to figure out what your calling is. And you can always switch stuff up, no matter how late in life you are. Absolutely! Wow, that's kind of a great book.
1: I don't know how I'm gonna like even ever follow up with that on any of my books. So I'm kind of like disappointed that that was your third. Like I'm like, what are you? You're only gonna get better from here. So like, what, what does that make my books? Chop liver.
0: We'll
1: see. We'll see. Uh, we'll find out. So uh, actually, so I say this probably makes my number three list. It's actually the book I just finished this year uh, for my first book of the year. It, it was honestly a really good book. And if you're, and I'm not going it, to, it's for anyone, but I will say if you're a person of faith, it's probably a little bit more tailored towards you. Not a lot. There's, it could definitely be for someone who's not a faith. It's just, I feel like, it, I feel like you're going to get just a little bit more out of it. If you are a person of faith, of any faith. And anyway, uh the book is called Shaken, and you guys are gonna recognize this name because everybody recognizes this name, but it's written by Tim Tebow. Who? So what's that? Who is it? Tim Tebow. <laughs> He's, he played baseball, right? Yeah, yeah, he played baseball. Funny. He actually did. So good joke there, Josh. Um, but no, it's a really it's just a really good book. And basically what he does is for all of you for those of you that aren't familiar with sports world, Tim Tebow had a really rough go of it. To begin with, I mean, he was like a national champion, two-time Heisman winner, um, did great, you know, went off to, get to be the highest drafted guy. But then honestly, his like time in the pro leagues was like three years and he just caught no breaks. Uh, he got, dra- you know, shoved from one team to the other, constant disappointment. Nobody wanted to keep him. And basically this book just kind of walks you through his journey on that and how that made him feel. But then it, he makes it really good to make it relatable about how when you're going through things in your own life and kind of makes it relatable on strategies when, you know, it feels like all is lost. You just feel like there's nowhere left for me to turn. Always remember that there's a bigger plan for you. And always remember that while this moment that you're in probably sucks, that there's going to be something much better on that on the other side. If you just stay with it and keep following, you know, I guess what I would say what you feel is in your heart. So you feel like kind of like their calling of your own, kind of like in your book, Josh, if you know, if there's a calling and you're compassionate and you're, and you're passionate about it, and you kind of follow through with that, eventually, there's going to be a plan that's going to open up for you on that. Mm -hmm. And just trying to understand and wrap yourself around those people that, I guess, you know, that love you, care about you in those moments, and try to just, you know, lean on their strength a little bit. So it's probably a little bit more deep than we wanted to get in. But (laughs) it's just a really good book. It was really good reminder of there are definitely if you're a religious person, there's definitely God's always definitely in those storms. And if you're not it's always a reminder that even if you're not religious that the people that love you are always there with you in their storms even if you feel isolated so i found it really really personal for me over the last like year i mean we've all feeling like, isolated and that the world's falling apart so being able to just remember that there's always whether it be you know your heavenly father that you believe in or whether it be your friend your family there's always someone who cares about you and is in your corner and um you know you just gotta be willing to let them kind of help you through that so that's mine nothing like yours
0: I mean, it sounds like it's exactly like mine. Just it's it's his lived experience compared to this guy's lived experience. It seems, like, true. They're, it seems like they're kind of exactly the same.
1: <laughs> no, yeah, but you, you explained it better. So it's okay.
0: I don't know, man. I don't know. But um, I'm quickly realizing the theme of this is going to be very serious. Yeah. Because, uh, uh, yeah. My first one was 1000% the most lighthearted out of Uh-oh. three. Oh, I don't like that. Um, and remember how I said <laughs> that the uh, the old saying, one of these doesn't belong? Uh, yeah. It's because the next two I'm about to talk about are regarding death, so. Um, oh, well, there we go. So this so is going to get very serious very quick. And go ahead and buckle up. Um, I'm, I'm quickly realizing, I think what I might do is in between mine, I will sprinkle in another book that I'm, I'm not going to get into too much detail on it, um, but just to kind of, you know, Light in the air, just a little bit. Um, but my my second one is one that I read last year um, in the in the twelve book a year challenge. It was my first one, and um, I had always heard about this. If you're a person that likes a movie book combo, they made a movie based off of this. I actually have not seen the movie, but I heard it's really good. Um, but the book is Tuesdays with Maury. and um i don't think you've read this pat right no i've not i haven't even heard of it so okay well this uh, next time i see you i'm going to let you borrow this book and you can add it to your um your 12 book challenge if you want to um it's life-changing it's just the hmm. easiest way to put it so you have to send me the name for that because i might have to buy that it's a true story and oh. um, so basically there's a guy he goes to college and um if you're someone that went to college, really any stage education. I think right now all of us can answer the question, who is the teacher that had the most impact on you? You can always think of there was that one person who just made the curriculum come alive, They made you believe in yourself more, they introduced the world to you, whatever it is. This guy that wrote this book, Mitch Albom, um, he had this incredible professor in college and this professor helped him discover his own self-worth and self-efficacy and just all that stuff. So Mitch graduates and when he graduates, he's very close with the professor and yeah, I'll, of course I'll keep in touch and I'll, I'll let you know of my journeys along the way and milestones and blah, blah, blah. Doesn't do it. He gets in the rat race and he's building his way up the, the social ladder in his field. And he's kind of narrow tunnel vision, focused on his career, focused on what he thought success was, and then he just happens to be um, going through the newspaper one day, cause this is in the, I think the late eighties, early nineties. And sure enough, this divine intervention, he comes across this news story and they're, they're archiving. There's this college professor at this one university who has um, Parkinson's or not Parkinson's ALS. He has ALS. And he basically said, I have it. And it's, I I, We got it so early that I know over the next year or so I'm going to slowly deteriorate and I'm allowing the news station into my vulnerability, my vulnerable state, and you can kind of archive me along my my active dying. And so this guy, Mitch, he's like, oh, God, like I feel awful. And it's been so long since I've talked to this guy that I don't even know if I should reach out and he doesn't know what to do and he finally decides i'm going to reach out and just see if he even responds he's like oh my gosh it's so nice to hear from you no sense of um, bitterness just like i'm so glad that we finally get to reconnect come to my place and so man for the next chapters it's like a month at a time and Mm -hmm. he's actively seeing his best mentor his his biggest mentor die in real time. And this this disease is just ravaging his physical body, but his mental and emotional state is as strong as ever. And each chapter is a lesson on something. So because he's forever this educator and forever this teacher, they talk about relationships and then they talk about life or they talk about what is success um, what does family mean to? You? And each chapter, man, I'm telling you, like I just get emotional talking about it because there's nothing, there's nothing like, you know, we all try to say we want to live like we're dying, but until you really know that, like you have a finite time, that's sadly when you start to live the most and you start to gain the most and think about things. And so he gains so much from his professor, and he's with him until his last day. Literally, he archives the last day of this man's life. Um, and what he learned from mm. these just very raw and emotional conversations um so tuesdays with maury man it's i i needed like a break after i read it because it's just it opens up your chest and just goes right to your soul it's it's so mm. powerful mm. so powerful
1: man um yeah a little uh little uh, emotion there right
0: yeah. uh, a little, serious, to- don't a don't little
1: do- serious topic a little serious topic um mine is not gonna be quite so serious but still a good book for me and it is um called above the line and it's by urban meyer so everybody knows that is as you can tell a theme right Sports people uh but it's honestly just a really good book it's called above the line and it it talks about a number of different things but it really focuses on leadership and focusing on like what your impact could be as a person who's a leader And really the thing that I found most interesting in throughout this book is it kind of really hits on the fact that we think of being as being a leader, as being like someone in this position of power or prestige, which to some degree it is. And that's just because of what our society has told us, but it's really how you carry yourself from day to day. What are you doing on those day-to-day things? Like you can be a leader and not be a person in a position of power. And I think that was what I took away. Um, That was a big in was a big takeaway for me on this book. It, you know, it kind of spoke to me because I've been on my own kind of personal journey of like leadership. Like if you would ask me three years ago, are you a leader? I would have said, no, but, um, I'm kind of finding through some like divine intervention and just some other things like that, that, uh, I think that's a natural calling talent of mine that was has not been fostered. And so being able to kind of grow on that a little bit has been awesome. So you'll notice a the theme of leadership and uh, things like that on my books, but just to give you like a quick, um, this thing, this book is just loaded with like all kinds of like little one-liners that you're like, huh, I guess I never thought of it quite that way. Um, or, you know, it just, uh, it's like one of them is like leadership isn't, a, isn't a difference maker. It's the difference maker. So it's like, you know, what kind of person are you going to be and how are you going to lead people? Like it's in not just in your work life, but in your everyday life you know, with your family, and what kind of husband are you going to be? Um, what kind of, you know, what kind of friend are you going to be? What kind of you know coworker are you going to be? And, and so basically the moral of the story is in this book, Urban Meyer creates what he calls the line, essentially, which is every action or thing that you take should constantly be trying to hover above this line. Like you should set a certain standard for yourself and that every action you take should be above that line. And there's going to be times when you go below that line, obviously, because we're not perfect, but Recognizing that if you have this benchmark and you're always above that, then you know you know you're always reaching and achieving more, and you're trying to live above the, the best version of yourself, essentially. Yeah. So um, that's, that's uh, I part love part. it. It's like a really good book. I got it actually as a uh, Christmas gift a couple of years ago, and I uh, finally have just started to read it. So
0: I feel like coaching Great. have a, have a gift of um, bringing. Well, I mean first off they're going to be good leaders cuz they're coaches or players they like in those positions like quarterbacks with Tim Tebow and um they have a way of like bringing the best out of you and they also have a good they have a good gift of um relating it Where like I don't know I just when you when you put it with the sports analogies it just really makes it pop I feel like
1: mm-hmm yeah, because I mean, I'm really, that's the thing too. I think that we get when we talk about leadership, we get kind of caught up on. Is it. like again, we just always think it's that leadership isn't power. Leadership is influence. So it's all it comes down to you can have all the power in the world, but if you can't influence the people in front of your face, that you have no you have, you have no leadership. Yep. So
0: yeah. So
1: <laughs> back to death.
0: So, well, actually, remember I told you I want to do a little...
1: Oh, yeah, bit. I got a separator. I'm sorry. Yeah, so yeah, my yeah.
0: little sprinkle book is What a Plant Knows. <laughs> what does a plant know? You tell me. I just read this recently. This book, man, it's going to rock your world because it's going to tell you what a plant hears, what a plant feels, what a plant... So guess what it sees. What it sees, what it smells, and just mind-blowing stuff about how um farmers learns how like certain plants will open up a certain time so they manipulated it so um, some of the flowers you get during mother's day they typically don't august they don't bloom until august but they manipulated um, red light and blue light and depending on what light is shining on these flowers they'll actually open up or close for example Um, how if you reposition flowers they always find the light Um, how if one plant is chopped down the plant next to it um, through its receptors, it actually is aware of what's happening here. So it'll close up or like if there's a disease happening on the neighboring plant, they'll actually close up their entrances. So that way the disease can't hit them. Pretty cool stuff. So quick read, totally random. If you want to know what a plant knows, sees, tastes, smells, feels, then you got to read What a Plant Knows by Daniel Shamovitz. Pretty good read back to uh being more like yeah. you know um this is the first <laughs> book that i feel like i kind of grew up and became an adult reading and it was in high school actually and it was kind of my uh we had was our- it my diary what's that was it my diary <laughs> it was it was your diary yeah i grew up that day i was like wow okay so this is what we're <laughs> um
1: i'm let's... just trying to lighten the mood you guys because we're just getting a little and josh you could tell he was so serious and into it for a minute there and he was like what are you talking about my diary it was just hilarious
0: <laughs> i yeah, wish there... you guys could see that <laughs> this book um i i read it in high school and it actually was one of my senior quotes and man pat you have have you read this book before it's called the last lecture i have not actually This is another I didn't read. So this one is full of quotes. Like okay. This this might be the most like quotes per page of a book ever. Um, just everything is just straight fire. And the the premise with this book, so his name is Randy Posh. And again, it's called The Last Lecture. This is one of the quickest reads you'll ever have. Um, it just flies by chapters or might be like a page or a page and a half, sometimes very short. Um there is, a, again, a professor, and he's been a, a professor for a, a very long amount of time, um, has a wife and a younger kid. And I can't remember the age of the kid, but it's young enough where um, they might have some core memories, but they're not going to remember a lot of their current age. And he finds mm-hmm. out he has a terminal illness. And his biggest regret um, or his biggest fear is just knowing that his kid is not going to have many memories of him because the kid is at such a young age. And so he doesn't really know how he can imprint as much um, wisdom or thoughts or advice. And so his default is, well, I'm a professor, so I'm going to give my last lecture. And it was recorded and he he his request was, can you please play this for my kid when they're Order and kind of soak in this info, and it's just a last it's a last lecture on life, and he's just talking through the lessons he's learned along the way, and it's all through stories, so it's very relatable, um, it's very humbling, it's it's very much just like it causes you to stop worrying about a lot of day to day crap that isn't really worth worrying about when you're. Um, in the, the latter stages of life or in the last day of life. Um, so it, it challenges you to think like, no matter what is happening around me, it's, um, it's something I can get through. And it's something that I can um, learn from because life is just one big lesson. Um, and one of the, the stories that stuck out to me was uh, he worked his butt off and he got this newer car. And um, this brand new sports car, convertible, white leather seats. He was so proud of it. And um, this is, I think, after he had gotten the the news about his illness. And he drives it to his sister's place. And he's going to take his niece or nephew on a drive in this brand new convertible. And the kid has an ice cream cone, right? Mm. And... The mom's like, no, 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 no. And as she's saying that, the kid gets into the seat and spills it. Oh. And he's like, okay. And the 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 sister's embarrassed. She's like, I'm so sorry. This is brand new. And he's like, This is an object and th- this is like a material thing. No one got hurt. Everything's fine. And he grabs the ice cream and just like smears it on his seat to like show his sister like chill. This is literally, like, why would I worry about this when there's all these terrible things happening in the world? Like, it's just not a big deal at all. And I remember reading that, and it just, like, jarred me. And I was like, holy crap. Like, I think my reaction at that time would have been, like, kind of not, not to make a scene, but kind of, like, oof, inside, kind of cringe. Um, right. But
1: absolutely, yeah, I would. Take
0: that <laughs> in, I was like, yeah, like, really, like, why would you get mad over something like that when there's really, really not a big deal, so um incredible book and again so many quotes but i'm just going to read you a few of the quotes from here um and this is this was my senior quote we cannot change the cards we are dealt just how we play the hand um here's a couple other ones experience is uh what you get when you didn't get what you wanted and experience is often the most valuable thing you have to offer um the key question to keep asking is are you spending your time on the right things because time is all you have um it's not about how to achieve your dreams it's about how to lead your life if you lead your life the right way the karma will take care of itself and the dreams will come to you um and then one last one is uh luck is where preparation meets opportunity so I'm telling you, man, this book was made for you. It's it's just incredible quotes that make you sit and think like, man, that's some good stuff right there. But the last lecture will be my third one. So to run through those, um, it would be Handcrafted um, by Clint Harp and Tuesdays with Maury by Mitch Album. And then The Last Lecture by Randy Posh. But I got to hear what your last one is. So my last
1: one for me is actually a very short and uh, small book. It's honestly, uh, probably like, honestly, super, it's like a very quick, quick read, but I've actually read it last year and I'm actually reading it again this year. And it's the book that I'm reading right now, because I think it's that important as far as just remembering how we should live our daily daily lives. And it's called the question behind the question. Um, So it's really simple. It's, it's really practical and relatable. So I can't remember the other book. So really, what this is is this? The author wrote another book, and I cannot remember off top of me off my head what it was. And it was very the same principle, like question behind the question. But then he realized suddenly that it was a little too bogged down, so he made more of like a more um, comprehensible version, which is actually called the Question Behind the Question. So uh, some of you might know the other book, but essentially what it is is it's talking about personal accountability. And we all, and I think that personal accountability, when you say that to somebody, has kind of like such a negative connotation to it. People are like, what do you mean? You're trying to say I'm not an accountable person, right? Um, but really what this book is breaking down is that personal accountability isn't just like actually holding, holding yourself accountable, but it's like, what, are you, because you're doing something, You know, how do you hold yourself accountable even if you're not doing something wrong? It's like, are you asking the right questions essentially? So, you know, when something bad happens in your life and you're asking like, why did this happen to me? Or how is this, why, you know, why is it always me that's happened to this? And so you're kind of putting yourself in this victim mindset versus compared to when you're asking like oh how could i have you know you're asking the how questions like so where did the kind of where did the process break down how can i do better to do this so it's just a really good short quick read on asking better questions when life gives you this crazy storms or when work is getting crazy and not trying to put yourself in this victim mindset where you're going to feel so defeated all the time but kind of putting yourself in the mindset of okay like yeah this is bad but what can i do to help the situation And so kind of putting it on yourself. So rather than constantly wanting to blame external sources, it kind of challenges you to put, make it more internal and, you know, not in a bad way, but it makes, you know, forces you to kind of question like, Oh, okay. Like what's me complaining, doing nothing, but I can ask the question of, I want to be better and I want
0: this situation to be better. So what can I help do to contribute to that? So what I was just saying of it's, um, not the cards you're dealt, but how you play the hands, you know, it's like your right. internal mindset and how do you restructure it to, to handle whatever's been thrown at you. Absolutely.
1: And yeah, so those are my top three. Um, just again, above above the line um, by Ramire, uh, shaken by Tim Tebow and uh, then question behind the question, which I cannot remember the author's name off the top of my head right now. Um, we'll have to definitely post that, but those are my
0: three. Yeah, man, they, those are good. Um, we should flip some around with each other because I'd like to read some of those too. Absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm game. But yeah, let us know what books you've read that have changed your life or just a fun one to kind of escape time. What's your favorite childhood book? I don't care what it is. We're always open to suggestions. We got 12 to read each by the end of this mm-hmm. year. So Let us know what some of those should be. Um, yeah, is there anything else you want to add?
1: No, man. I'm excited. I think it's cool. I definitely post on some of the books that you guys have read that we should read because I'm always looking for new books um, now, especially. So hit me up, challenge us, uh, give us some books. Maybe we can also do some book swaps with some of our, from our fans too. It's always good to get like a local book club going. So uh, I look forward to talking to y'all next week.